Good morning, everybody. You're probably wondering what I'm doing up here. So I thought I'd better explain what was going on. Uh, this week has been a very, very interesting week for me. Uh, Monday morning, about 3 o'clock in the morning, I got woke up. And God wanted to have a conversation. Now, personally, I wish he could have picked a better time to get me up but when I was thinking about this, I realized why he did it. A lot of you have dealt with me enough to know that it is not unusual as I'm having conversations for me to get interrupted by other people and have other things come along. And obviously God wanted to have some time where we couldn't be interrupted and decided there was no better time than three o'clock in the morning. So we had a very, very restless conversation and I felt very strongly that he was calling on me he was giving us some guidance about direction forward and some things that he would like to see us doing a little bit better. And so we had this long conversation. 
I even wrote down some notes. I keep my phone by my, by my bedside so I could take notes on it. Got up the next morning, and it was a crazy morning in the office. I did not get around to writing this article for the Spirette. I did have a chance to talk with Pastor Randy, though, and in our discussions, I realized that I had missed the main point that God was trying to say to me. So I went back that evening, and I decided that now I had a better idea of what I was going to write about the article. Well, God decided that I hadn't listened carefully enough, and so we had another conversation that morning at 3 o'clock in the morning. And God gave me some more ideas and some guidance on what he was trying to get said to this congregation. So the next morning, I got up, I got into the office, I wrote up the article, and as soon as I wrote it, I knew it was not what I wanted. And so I went in to talk to Pastor Randy again. Fortunately, he is very open to coming, my coming in and talking with him about these things. And in the discussion, Pastor Randy turned to me and said, you know, this is not a good article for the spirette. And I said, well, yeah, I, I understood that. And so we had some long discussions about why did I think that it was God talking to me? And what did I, what did I feel the congregation needed to hear? Why was I trying to say this? And in having this discussion, Pastor Randy looked at me and said, you know, Michael, I think that this probably needs to be said from the pulpit. Would you be willing to say it this Sunday? And my immediate reaction was, I can't. I've got to teach Sunday school. And then I thought about it and went, you know, that's a pretty lousy excuse. First of all, Sherry was supposed to be teaching Sunday school with me. I already found one substitute. If I found one substitute, I knew that there was another one in this team that could take my place with the Sunday school. So I got that arranged and came back to Pastor Randy and said, yes, I think this is what I need to do. I'm going to do it. And then he made a comment that some of you will find very amusing. He looked at me and said, you know, this article is not very long. Do you think that you could find about 20 minutes to talk about on that? Obviously, Pastor Randy still doesn't know me as well as some of you. I know that some of you have probably come up and cautioned him about letting me loose on the microphone. But now let's talk about what God was trying to talk to me about. And I thought I'd start with talking about the title, Prayer May Not Be Enough. As Christians, we always talk about the importance of prayer, needing to go to God in prayer. However, there are multiple types of prayer. How often do we go to God and say, God, I've been thinking about this, I've got everything planned out, would you please rubber stamp this and let me go forward? Well, I think I know that I have been doing a lot of that in our moving forward with calling our next pastor. And I've heard some conversations that make me feel I'm not the only one in here. We need to be spending a lot of time talking to God, but it needs to be talking with God and listening to God. God has the perfect pastor for this church. God will bring that person to us if we let him. And the only way we're going to let him is if we spend some time saying, God, what is this person that we're looking for? Who is it? Help us to define what we're looking for. And so we need to be coming up and spending a lot of time listening to what God has to say on the matter. I know that we've talked about one of the things we need to convey is a shared vision of where this church is going. What do we want to see this church looking like in five years? What do we want to see it looking like in 10 years? 
Well, I can tell you in some of the conversations I've had with some of you, we are not united yet on that vision for this church. We all have our certain things that we see happening, certain ways that we need to go forward. And I can tell you there's only one vision for this church that matters, and that is what does God want to see us looking like in those five to ten years? And that is going to require a lot of time talking to each other, but even more importantly, spending it in prayer saying, God, I know I have a vision. Help explain to me what I've got wrong. Help explain to me what that perfect vision is and getting together and uniting and saying, you know, even if I don't get what I particularly want in this next pastor, maybe there's something I want to see our church doing, but it's not the right time. We know that you've got a better plan for us. You know that there is a reason that you're telling us not now or maybe never on doing some of these things. Let us know what that is and we will accept that because we know that we are going to be thrilled with what you give us if we let you. Now, I know one of the discussions that I've heard a lot, and I've been on the wrong side on this one, I've heard a lot of discussions on, as we move forward, do we need a full-time pastor or do we go with a part-time pastor? And there are some serious financial questions in that statement, which a session is going to be needing to deal with. Now, I, tell, I can tell you that I've told a lot of you that I feel if we do not have a full-time pastor, there is going to be a lot of things where this church is never going to be able to do and that we will not move forward and eventually we will die. I'm not saying that that is wrong, but I can tell you that I've been saying that out of my gut. I have not spent nearly enough time talking to God about this. And if I was to be honest with myself, in calling our interim pastor, I probably had the same attitude. We need a full-time interim. And yet, God very definitely gave us Randy and put us into a spot with a part-time pastor. He has done some remarkable things. God does some amazing things in ways that we don't even think about. And we need to be open to, are we going to have a full-time pastor? Are we going to have a part-time pastor? I mean, I'm going to pick on the children's choir. Ron, sorry about this. A few years ago, if we had talked about having a children's choir, we would have said this church would never have it. Look around, we don't have kids. And yet God brought in Ron, he had him in our VBS program, and all of a sudden things came together in a way we would have never seen coming. We need to be open to letting God do things his way in the church. Now in regards to the issue of full-time versus part-time pastor, that brings up an important subject, which is the finances. Right now, if you look at our balance sheets, we cannot afford a full-time pastor. It may be that we are going to have to wait and that God is telling us to be patient and to bring, that he's got a part-time pastor in mind, but there is another possibility, and I personally think that this is what's going to happen. But again, I want to check with God before I say that this is a definite word. If he wants us to have a full-time pastor, I know the stock Christian answer is God will give us all the resources that we need to do that. I firmly believe that, but God is not going to go dropping a bag of money in our parking lot so that we can afford a full-time pastor. We are all going to have to be willing servants ready to do our part. And so it may be that God is going to say, you do need a full-time pastor. Now go dig in your, look in your checkbook and do your part. Maybe you're going to have to step up your giving. 
This is something that we need to be praying about as a church and as individuals on where God is leading on this. Now, another thing that he talked with me at length about was I have been hearing a lot of grumbling about the length of time that it is taking us to call our full-time pastor. I have even heard some comments about, well, we're still part of PCUSA, and these are their rules, and they're slowing us down, and heard a lot of grumbling about that. Well, God talked to me about that one also. Now, most of you know that I have been very adamant about saying that I wish we were not part of PCUSA. I feel that this church can move forward better if we are in a different association. However, God said, smell the, rose, or smell the roses, guy. You are part of PCUSA. If I wanted you out of PCUSA, I could have done it. Now, I will openly tell you, a few years back, there were times where I saw when the lottery got up to these, human, these tremendous uh, payouts. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat if I could win the lottery and then I could take a check down to PC or to down to the Presbyterian and say, here, this is what that church's value is. We want to be independent and get us independent. Well, guess what? I didn't win the lottery. Of course, one could argue I never bought the ticket, so maybe I wasn't doing my part. <laughs> On the other hand, God could have had one of us win the publisher's clearinghouse. There are a lot of ways that he could have given us the money to become independent, but he didn't. And what that is telling me in my discussion with him is there is a reason why we are still part of PCUSA. Be open to that. Maybe there's a change within PCUSA that we need to be making. Maybe there's something else he's going to be doing with that. But we need to accept it is not in his timing yet. In that same manner, in the calling of the pastor, I think that he is telling us we need to be patient and do things in God's time. I started thinking back to some of the stories I know in the Bible, and I can think of all sorts of stories, like when the Hebrews or the Israelites were out in the desert for 40 years. They did not like that timing at all. And God said, too bad. You need to be patient. You need to do things in my time. I know that none of us like to hear, we need to be patient. But the simple fact is that we do need to be patient in this. God has a plan. He will let us do it in his time, but we have to be patient. I know that there are some people, and Gene, I'm going to pick on you in specific. Gene has expressed some concern because of the fact that she's not sure she's going to live long enough to see us get our new pastor. And yet I remember reading in one section in the Bible where it talked about a lot of the heroes of the Bible, some of the people of great faith, and they moved forward with some glorious plans and yet they never got to see those plans fulfilled. Moses never made it into the promised land. But he moved by faith and he knew where God was leading us. And he probably was able to look down and say, wow, I am so glad I got to be a part of that. But we do need to do this in God's time. We need to be taking a lot of time to evaluate. First of all, who are we as a church? Now, I can tell you that the mission study has been working very diligently on looking at our history, looking at who we are, looking at where God wants this church to be in five years. We need to spend a lot of time 
looking at us. I have said this to several of you before. When we go to call a pastor, I would love to see this church be in a position that we could say, this is who God has told us we are going to be in five years. This is where he's leading us. This is his plan for us. How are you going to help us fulfill that plan? be a whole lot better to call a pastor like that rather than saying, gee, Randy, you've done some great things in the church that you've been in the past. Why don't you come into this church and help us do the same thing? That's another thing that I've heard this church doing at times, and I have been just as guilty of doing this as everybody else. We have a tendency to look around and see other churches and go, why can't we do that? Why can't we be more like that church? Well, I'm going to pick on another church in the area, Seven. I remember a few years ago, a lot of us talking about the tremendous growth that they were going through and what, how together they seemed to be and how they were really doing God's will. Well, in case you haven't noticed, they have cut some of their services. Their numbers are dwindling. I don't want to be like Seven. God made this church for a specific reason. We are a part of his plan. Why would I want to be less than that beautiful plan that God has for this church? Now, part of this has also come out of the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 8. So I want to take a look at a few things in there. In the first three three verses, when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges for Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside with dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. Now immediately the people saw, hey, things are not going well for us. Now what should their reaction have been to this? Those kids were there. God was permitting this. And let's face it, if you look in the Bible, there's a lot of examples that God used some pretty despicable people to do some great things among his people. But did the people say, okay, God, we're not quite understanding what's going on, but we'll accept this? No. We continue reading on in there. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel, who prayed to the Lord. So again, they wanted to take things into their own hands. God, give us a king. Now how did Samuel respond to that? I know what I would have done. I would have gone, are you guys crazy? Let's think this through and try to reason with them. However, Samuel was smarter than I am. Samuel then went to God and told God. He prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you that they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. So he said, you can't be taking this personally. You need to be doing, you need to be moving on and just reporting 
and moving on. And so basically he went back, and I'm going to summarize. He went back to them and said, hey, God has told us what's going to happen if we have kings, and you're not going to like it. There is all sorts of consequences. And what was their response? Give us a king. We want to be like everybody else. Here they were, God's chosen people, and they wanted to be like the lower people. They did not want to have that relationship with God. Now I know a lot of us are saying, how stupid can you be? Why on earth would you do that? But aren't we doing the same thing when we try to make ourselves into another church or to not build the plan that, we, that God is calling us to do? So as a people, let's remind ourselves, we are God's chosen people. He has a plan for us. This plan is going to be beautiful. Maybe it's not what some other people need, but it is what we need. And so moving forward, let's spend a lot of time in prayer asking God, okay, we know what we think we want. Help us to see where we're wrong. And even more importantly, God says he wants to do more than just talk to us. He wants us to listen, and then we need to be ready to respond. Okay, Lord, you tell me, what is my part in this? And I think that it is critical that each and every person in this sanctuary be doing this because God usually does not reveal the big plan to one person. Most of us couldn't handle his big plans. We would screw up some of the details. But he will go to individuals and say, this is your part. This is your piece in that jigsaw puzzle. Do that part well, and then when we come together, we can put this jigsaw puzzle together. And I think as a church, that is what God is calling us to do. Now, Pastor Randy has also shared with me, I was fortunate enough to be a member of the Mission Study Committee. And I really want to thank this congregation for letting me be a part of that study. For the last several months, we have been looking at our church and looking at three different things. What is the history of our church? It's important to know what God has done to bring us to this point. Who are we currently as a church? And having to take a realistic look at where we're at and even more importantly spending some time looking at where is God calling this church to be five years from now ten years from now with our next pastor with whatever he's got down the road well the good news is that the mission study has been completed I believe Sheila that the last uh, period has been put in place and that and that study has now gone to members of our session and if you are on session, I certainly hope that you have been reading this mission study already because on Tuesday, you are going to be looking at that and deciding, does this mission statement accurately portray us as a church? Remember, there is a pastor out there somewhere that God is calling to be our pastor. This mission study will give him an idea of who we are, where we are going, and let him have some or her have some conversation about how would you fit into this plan? Are you the person I'm calling? Assuming the session approves this on Tuesday, it will then be going to a subcommittee on the Committee of Ministry, who will also hopefully approve it. Once that is all approved, we will be making copies of this study available in the church office so all of you can see what this committee has come up with. Now, I think it's important to talk about what are the next steps. First, after that happens, 
Presbytery will be coming and meeting with our nominating committee. Our nominating committee this year has the privilege and kind of scary responsibility of the fact that we will be selecting nominees for the pastor nominating committee. And we will be trying very hard to find a good balance of who this church is, trying to balance out men, women, older, younger, etc., to represent who we truly are. But the nominating committee does not have the final answer on this. Let those people then be presented to this congregation, and it will be up to you to say that, yes, we feel that these are the people that can move forward in looking at our next pastors. Once that happens and the nominating committee is, or the pastor nominating committee is formed, then Presbytery can come and meet with them. Because again, there is a process that will have to take place. We will need to be looking at people from all over the country. One of the worst things that we can do, and I know it's our natural tendency, is to try to move forward too fast on this process. If we do, we may very well end up calling the wrong person, having that somebody not decide to come with us and having to start over. There are a lot of things that can happen. I know that recently happened at Trinity. They were fully prepared, they called a person, and the person decided not to come. And so they're basically back to square one. I would much rather see us take a little bit of extra time and say, God, help us to find the person that you want for this church. We will be patient, even though we're not a patient people. We will wait on your time and lead us the way that you see will bring us to your glory. So those are my cautions. Those are the things that I felt God wanted to, for everybody in the sanctuary to hear. And so with that, I would like to close with a word of prayer. Father, we're here. You know our patience level. You know who we are. But, Father, we also know that you're changing us. And this is one of the areas that we need to change on. We've had a lot of conversations where we've told you what we wanted. And either we haven't even listened to what you've said, or else we've said, yeah, that's nice, but I really want to do it my way, and proceeded forward. Help us to change that attitude to one of really realizing that you are our God. You are our leader. You will always give us what's best, even if we don't always feel that way. Just like children, sometimes we have to be disciplined. Sometimes you have to tell us no. Help us to see that. But most importantly, help us to be ready servants. Ready when you say, jump, that we say, tell us what direction and how high. Nod, I'm tired, my leg hurts, or whatever else. Help this church to be the glorious church that you have planned for us. We pray these things in your powerful name. Amen.